The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifrey Embassy and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Pachak Supporting Subscribers. Go to arttrap.com slash Pachak Supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Support the show and get extra content and other bonuses. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Pachak. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Pachak Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, now in the iTunes App Store. Live from San Diego Comic-Con, this is Podshock! Doctor Who Podshock. Okay, well, let's do it now. I, you know, whatever it is, if it's valuable, send it to us. <laughs> For the best in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who Podshock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest-running science fiction television program with Louis Trapani. Hello. Ken Deep. Hello. James Norton. Hello. News. Fabulous. Reviews. Oh, no. And fan mail for James. Uh, over 40,000. Doctor Who Podshock from the Gallifrey Embassy. You know, that guy James was really cool. Oh, yeah, we blew that. <laughs> I'm the Doctor, and who are you? And who are you? The Gallifrey Embassy in its 26th year now presents Woo! Doctor Who Podshock episode 252. My name is Ken Deep alongside Mr. Louis Trapani. Hello. And joining us from San Diego Comic-Con is none other than Tara Wheeler. Howdy! <laughs> our, uh, our, our, lady, uh, the stalker of Time Lords herself. <clears throat> and also suffering from a horrendous case of con crud. So not just ordinary con crud, con crud, but San Diego San Diego Comic Con con San crud. Diego con crud, which is uh, apparently let's see here, San Diego Comic Con had a hundred and thirty thousand people. That's at. it. That's all. Well, let's see. Thirty thousand people. Thirty thousand people were working there, so the total attendance was one hundred and sixty thousand. Wow. So I, I figure Galley has like a thousand, maybe three hundred. So what would you call that? Ten X, ten X concrud. Yeah, that is some damn potent concrud. Let me tell you, because I almost coughed up a lung last night. I mean, it was I, I don't know if this is whooping coffee, bola concrud <laughs> or what do you want? I, it is it is vile and nasty. So well, if you hear Tara coughing up along, you know why. And, oh, and yeah. Tara, just fair warning. Now this yeah. is not the Happiness Patrol, so this ah. is a clean podcast. Oh, well, I should I should give uh, Lewis then a sound effect of one of these frogs, you know, <laughs> going. You know, <laughs> so every time I you know drop the f bomb, you can have a. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Or yeah, or we could always do you know the very classy uh, Craig Ferguson Tootsie Fruitsie. <laughs> yes, yeah, speaking of Craig Ferguson, uh, Karen was on the show last night and oh. revealed that she's staying in LA for a while. So yeah, I if she's pursuing a movie career. That's the rumor I'm hearing. Yeah, I'm I'm also hearing some rumors that I am not I cannot confirm nor deny that there is a mass exodus of Doctor Who stars coming to L.A. in the very near future. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> well, yeah. 
Yeah. Just while we were on the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, just a heads up in case, well, hopefully the show will get out before Friday, that he, yeah. Matt Smith himself, will be is scheduled to be on the show on Friday. Yep. Yeah, it was supposed to be on Monday or something and then wound up moving now. Is that the scoop? I need to talk to Michelle about this. She couldn't get tickets for either, but the rumor I'm hearing is that they filmed both of them back to back. Yeah, probably on Monday. Ahead. And then they went ahead and and put out uh, the one that's got Karen on it, on it, and they're holding the one with Matt on it for ratings. So probably my guess would be Friday. Yeah, that's what the website said. That when I posted it on our site, I had put a link to the CBS site saying that even though my DVR said Matt Smith was going to be on Monday, according to the CBS site, it said Friday. Right. So I gave people you know warning: just record Monday if he's not on it, just then record it again on Friday. I just record yeah. all of them. <laughs> yeah. Though, just, have, just have the DVD, you know, DVR set, and then I just come in and go, anybody I want to see? Nope. Okay. I'll watch the opening monologue, and away you go. Though what I didn't account for was that the president was going to make an address, and it pushed everything oh, back yeah. on Monday. Ah! The time was all out of whack. So <laughs> there, there were people on Twitter just absolutely losing it about that. <laughs> <laughs> We know the to- we know the country's in the toilet. Damn it! I want to see Karen Gillian. Get <laughs> yeah, so I, I think I'll, I have to catch that on YouTube or a repeat or whatever. <laughs> well, knowing knowing how how stuff gets leaked on the Craig Ferguson show, it's probably on. I'm sure it's there right now. You know, yeah. <laughs> just haven't had a chance to look yet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty exciting having them in. Well, we're going to get to that in a bit. Uh, we're going to yeah. get your experience at Comic uh, San Diego Comic Con, but it's, it's pretty exciting having them back in the states again. And and Matt and Karen did a signing on yesterday, Tuesday, the twenty sixth of July in in Los Angeles, and I think that might have been may have been their first L A signing. You know, they've done a couple here in New York already, but. Well, apparently that one was pretty crazy because it was very unclear as to how to get the tickets. And then a bunch of people showed up who hadn't heard anything about the tickets. And so there were roaming bands of very, very upset Doctor Who fans in in L.A. So uh, uh, whoever was handling that really needed needed to be slapped. So uh, Yeah, it filled up fairly quickly. It filled up immediately from what yeah. I understand. Apparently they gave away the tickets in like, like, like a minute and a half is what I heard. And then... Then all these other people showed up who hadn't even heard about the tickets. So, I don't know. Well, they, it, it certainly makes me appreciate Gallifrey One that much more. Thank yeah. you, Sean. <laughs> well, well, and, on on Podshock in the past, I've, I've described, you know, we all have described how we've, we've come to be Doctor Who fans over the years from way back in the day. And I've always said that it was, that growing up, because it was on UHF prior to having cable. It was my cozy little sci-fi show that no one else knew about. Well, that that's been shattered now. You yeah. know, yeah. even even after it returned and it was on Sci-Fi Channel and Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant and even all the David Tennant fangirls, it still didn't get to this point. Yeah, where no. now it's it's you know it's just it just chiseled its way in a worldwide sense yeah. uh, with was- the Star Trek and Star Warses of the world that it's just a you know, now I it's just another commercial venture. Not not the show, but how they treat it. I was surprised at the level of emotion in the crowd at San Diego Comic Con uh, when Matt Smith came out. Now this this year it was in Hall H 
which is the infamous. I, I did bring eye protection. The, the infamous hole where the guy got stabbed in the eye last year. This damn thing holds, depending on who you talk to, between six and 8,000 people. And I know for a fact that at least 2,000 people were turned away. But at the same time, the crowd was nowhere near as enthusiastic as the crowd to see David Tennant. Because when David Tennant came out on the stage and that place, that place was on its feet screaming, it was like going to a rock show. It was people wanted to rush the stage. It was that electric. And when Matt and Karen came out, it was kind of, oh, yay, yay. And Michelle and I were on our feet screaming and we looked around and hardly anybody else was up. So, you know, we kind of sat down. And it was it was not the same vibe. And I know the Daily Mail has has uh, made it out as though it's all about the uh, the let's kill Hitler thing that apparently we Americans have taken some deep dislike to the idea that the doctor's going to be palling around with Hitler. And I that's such absolute and utter bull. Everybody cheered for everything equally. And people were. uh you know, they they were enthusiastic. They were happy to be there, but there just wasn't the electricity that there was from for David Tennant. Mm. Oh, it's well, kind he's, of, kinda, he's got a sort of rock star status and cult following. You know, uh, he does. And, but and you know, but it's still surprising because so. they had a big warm reception when they were here in New York both last yeah. year and this year. Oh yeah, and when it's smaller venues, it's a much warmer re- reception. It's. I'm just wondering if, it, if you know, maybe the crowd was too big, or it, the next panel was the Twilight panel, and there were all the Twilight oh, girls in there. Oh, what was the next panel? I can't. Re- the the previous panel was. Uh, they don't clear the room, right? No, that was which that is was ridiculous. Yeah. So what happens is that people get in there two panels ahead of the panel that they want to be in just to get in the room. So it's well, the first panel in there that morning was for Glee. And so there were a bunch of little teeny boppers behind me, and I am very, very amazed that I did not turn around and kill like five or six of them because they were screaming in this high-pitched fingernails-on-the-blackboard type screaming that you know previously I had only heard in footage from the Monkees documentaries. So <laughs> it, it was just... Ear splitting, and thankfully I had a pair of uh, earbud uh, headphones with me, so I stuck them in my ears, and I looked over at Michelle, and she looked like she was just about to die. And I mean, it, it it was really horrific. And so finally, when that panel cleared out, and all those little teeny boppers galloped for the for the exits, and Michelle and I moved up about ten rows. The panel after that was for Supernatural. And so the screaming was of a much higher, I mean, a much lower pitch, a much more easier to tolerate pitch. Our buddy Mark Shepard was on stage. So that, that was a tolerable panel, at least. So, but I cannot remember for the life of me what was coming on afterwards. I'm sure it was not Twilight, because Twilight was on Thursday, and people were camping out for that on Tuesday. Ugh. Well, before we go any further, let's kind of just uh, for those for the for the three people listening that may not know what San Diego <laughs> Comic Con is, uh, 
<laughs> we should uh, explain a little bit about it. It's well, first of all, obviously, in this episode of Doctor Pachak, we're going to be covering San Diego Comic Con, and Tara was there. It's a annual convention that goes back thirty, well, actually about forty years now, I believe. Uh, Forty-one like years, I believe it's it started Uh-oh. as a small convention. Uh-oh. Frogs you, going off. Some what's going off? An alarm. Frogs. Oh, frogs. <laughs> it's, is, that, is that a bad thing? <laughs> frog alert! Frog alert! Frog alert! Okay, frogs. All right, all right. Yes, I know you guys got all excited over the mention of Glee, but just settle settle down now. All right, no Glee. There is not going to be any Glee on television tonight. Settle down. <laughs> they're just right. excited. They're putting their two cents in about Comic Con. Yeah, they're they're miffed. I didn't bring them back anything. <laughs> All right, y'all done? Good frogs. All right. So it started off as a small convention over the years. It, it's grown and grown and grown and grown, and now it's a big, big commercial. Um, as trade Ken, show. As it's a, a trade, trade show. Yeah, it's as, not a convention. As Ken was it's actually, before we started recording, yeah, we, Ken was talking about that, that it's now a, a trade show. Movie companies are there. In fact, they're, they're like um, three or four big like films that they're there to um Now, that's the promote. weird thing about this year. The film companies pulled out this year. Oh, I, I heard they were a few there. That, well, there were a few there, but the presence was almost non-existent. It was really, really funny. We had heard before we left that for some reason uh, Warner Brothers and the other big companies were not going to be having as big a presence and that this year it was going to be primarily television studios that were going to be having the big presence. Mm-hmm. And so Twilight had the big thing on Thursday, but there just weren't the really big... I mean, last year, everywhere you looked was Avatar. Avatar, Avatar, mm-hmm. Avatar. And Tron. Tron, oh my God. Tron was everywhere. And this year... Um, Wasn't uh, Captain America there or, or whatever that fantastic... Whatever that... There are a lot of superhero movies. represented actually. as okay. far as... Uh, South Park had a bigger representation really? than Captain America, if you can believe it. Unbelievable. Wow. And that's a show that's been around for, what, uh, 12 years? I can't even keep track anymore. They had their own camp. They had taken over an entire square block, an empty square block, and they had set up a South Park town facade. And you could go and do South Park karaoke, and you could get bags of Cheesy Poofs. And there was a (laughs) South Park school bus running around giving rides, and people were yelling obscenities from it. And uh, (laughs) it... You know, th- that was a fairly big deal. I mean, as far as, as you know, presence goes. I'm kind of surprised. I didn't think it was that, that big anymore. I mean, I'm, I, obviously I knew the series was still around. That, but That's why I was, I, I, I was flabbergasted at what was represented. Um, HBO's Game of Thrones was fairly well represented. Had some beautiful banners up. And one of the funniest things, I've got a photo and I, sh- I put it up on Tumblr. They had hired a number of the pedicabs to decorate the cab to look like the throne of swords. So you, so when you're sitting in the pedicab, you're sitting in the throne of swords with all the swords behind you. And I thought that was rather cool. There were a number of Captain America pedicabs. There were several other uh, shows being advertised by pedicab, but the huge displays that, that we've seen in years past were not there. I mean, the, 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 the studios had their presence is there, but at the same time, they were just not 
milking it the way they did the year before. Now, also there are from two different shows that we're interested in was one, was obviously Matt Smith and Karen Gillan from Doctor Who, and then John Barrowman was there from um, and uh, along with <laughs> a, a couple of other people from Torchwood Miracle Day as well. So. Yeah. But before there was the Torchwood, so there were panels for Torchwood and Doctor Who, but before even those two panels came about, I believe it was maybe Friday, perhaps Thursday, there was a a TV Guide panel with yes. Matt Smith had made yes. uh, an, his debut at Comic-Con before the Doctor Who panel on right. that panel. Were you in attendance to, on that panel? Couldn't get in. This oh, is insane. Wow. I mean, I wanted to go to the Game of Thrones panel, couldn't get in. There were so many of these where, I mean, normal rules for San Diego Comic-Con, well, show up five hours in advance and you might get in, did not apply. It was unreal. Uh, I've never seen crowds like this, and uh, there were a lot of very upset people who couldn't get to see things. And that's just the way it, it is becoming at san diego comic-con pretty much people are i i spoke to several people who said oh yeah i I don't go to the panels anymore at san diego comic-con i go to uh hit the floor and then i make arrangements to meet up with some of my friends but uh yeah i don't i don't go to the the panels anymore because they're they're just too much trouble and uh but i did hear from some people who went to the torchwood panel who went to the torchwood screening who had a fabulous time because apparently the entire cast showed up and was just absolutely insane. So that I heard was wonderful, but again, uh, couldn't make that one. Uh, that was the night we were at Wootstock. So, Oh, Matt and Karen were seen numerous times out and about. They managed to escape their handlers on at least two occasions. So there are some very, very funny pictures of them out and about. <laughs> Matt Smith Matt Smith was seen dragging in on uh I think it was Saturday morning uh after having slipped the bonds of his uh captors and he looked like he had apparently been sleeping in a ditch according <laughs> to the people who saw him they said oh my god he looked like he had been out all night so <laughs> I there might be some pictures out there boys and girls that might be very entertaining but I haven't seen him yet and, but it's still early so, well, speaking of pictures, before we yeah. started recording, you were talking about there was one photo opportunity where Matt Smith and Karen Gillan and many of the cosplayers there of you know that were dressed up in oh. various Doctor Who characters got together and they did a shoot to a photo shoot you know with other people there. That now, see, this is another thing that San Diego Comic Con is is famous for. There are get-togethers at San Diego Comic Con has no idea going on, and people go up to one of the San Diego Comic-Con people who are supposed to be, you know, the information booth and say, hey, where's the Doctor Who cosplayers group getting together? And they get this blank stare because San Diego Comic-Con has no clue that there is a every year a San, Di- San Diego Comic-Con Doctor Who cosplayers get together, uh, usually up in the sales pavilion, usually around one of the Doctor Who stars signings, and this year, Bob Mitch, who you have almost certainly seen at a Gallifrey one in one of his fantastic, amazing costumes, had the brilliant idea to get 10 guys dressed up as the doctor and in some way get a hold of Matt Smith so he could be the 11th doctor. And he and I had talked about it earlier, and he had said that he was going to go through official channels. And I said, for God's sake, don't, don't waste your breath. They're not... They, 
let me let me save you lots of time. No, because they're gonna they're going to talk you around and they're going to tell you all sorts of pretty things, and the answer is going to be no. The only way you're going to get it done is if you show up with everybody already dressed up, ready to rock and roll, and get Matt Smith's attention. Because Matt Smith is like a Great Dane puppy. If you can attract <laughs> his attention, he will slip his leash, knock his handlers over, and come romping over to play with you. And there is nothing that will stop him. This is true. This is true. Yes. Ken and I had the opportunity to see him last year, and he's very personable that way, yes. Oh, he- yeah. Jumped out of vans at us repeatedly in Utah because he thought it was funny. And apparently he jumps out of Karen Gillian's trailer at her repeatedly because he thinks it's funny. So that's the kind of guy he is. If you can get his attention, he's going to come and play with you. And heaven help you if you're not ready for him when he comes because he just is overwhelming. He just gets right up in your face and goes, let's go, let's go. And apparently he just ran over there to Bob and his guys and said, okay, guys, action pose. And they all struck the action pose and they took a whole bunch of different pictures and poses. And now BBC America and BBC are are almost acting as if they arranged it, which is just kind of pathetic. But... It got done, and kudos to Bob. Way to go, dude, for getting it done. I'm so proud of you. I'm so sorry I was sick and missed it because the concrete had already caught caught up with me by that time. Yeah, you were feeling it on Sunday. I was, you know, I heard your, I read your tweets about it. So, I right after that that huge monster panel, I started struggling up the stairs, and I just couldn't catch my breath, and I thought. Oh God! This is this is the con crud coming on. And Michelle and and the DH took me to get me something to eat, thinking maybe it's just low blood sugar. We'll get you we'll get you some pasta. We'll get you going. You'll be all right. And it just got draggier and draggier. And and I said, guys, I I I, I gotta quit. I'm sorry. I gotta go back. I gotta go back to the trailer. This is it for me. And everybody is tweeting at me saying, hey, you got to get over here. Oh, my God, Matt Smith, he's playing with us. You got to get over here. Can't, I'm sorry, guys, I can't make it. I'm sorry. Can't do it. So missed all of that fun. But I am so over the moon glad for these guys for, for getting to play with Matt Smith and for getting their pictures. And apparently Matt Smith and Karen Gillian had a great time. And they got everybody got their picture taken and everybody was happy, probably except for the handlers. But, you know, there you go. Um, I don't think we've mentioned the total counts. There were 130,000 people at San Diego Comic-Con this year. Mm. 160,000 if you count the 30,000 people who were working behind the scenes, which is just insane. The people who waited to get into the Doctor Who panel uh, were in line at 8 o'clock the night before. They were not let into the building until nine o'clock the next morning. Okay, so the people who the, the people who waited overnight were the first thousand into the building. I got there with Michelle at about five o'clock in the morning. We were in the group, the second group of, of a thousand that got in. Depending on who you, whose counts you listened to, there were between six and eight thousand people in that hall. And I have very reputable reports from people outside that at least 2,000 people were turned away. So well, take of that what you will. It was insane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the convention's grown so big. It's 
as it's a trade show, as Ken said earlier. When, well, it's, I, I I giggle like a schoolgirl when I look at the pictures from the seventies. Well, I was I just going to mention that's... just recently <laughs> this week there was I, I I forget which website and I had tweeted the link and I'll I'll put the link in the show notes for this episode. Uh, there was a a website that unearthed some photographs from thirty five years ago from nineteen seventy six San yeah. Diego Comic Con when there was a where the big promo film was this unknown movie by this unknown director named George Lucas coming yeah. out with this movie called Star Wars and which was received very skeptically at first and yeah. um, but the, you see pictures from the convention and it's only, it's only a couple hundred people there and there were empty seats you know watching the first yeah, first the guy's footage sitting on of, a table. He's sitting on a table. That's the only way he is above the people who are sitting yeah. in the folding chairs. It's 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 so cute. I mean, and now and now it's this huge ma- massive media. I mean, the BBC booth had a uh, jumbotron over it that was probably the size of my RV. It, wow. it, I mean, that's what you've come to expect. I mean, it's just unbelievable i mean people are always saying you know well i've never been to san diego comic-con and i want to go just so i can walk the floor well yeah i gotta admit walking the floor is a mind-blowing experience but you're gonna come away with bruises and con cruds so uh (laughs) be prepared (laughs) oh my god I know yes. New York Comic Con has been growing over the years, and I think this last one, if um, if I'm correct, it maybe Ken might know. I think it was ninety five thousand. And I know they added a fourth day this this coming October. Yeah, so I mean that's, I mean still not the size of San Diego, but it, it's getting close to it, yeah. and it's it's such a it's different experience than than going to any other convention. It's uh, I, I'm hesitant to even call it a convention because it's it's. Like Ken said, it's a trade show, and that's that's the kind of thing. Th- these big shows uh, really help me appreciate Gallifrey and oh, yeah. Chicago Tardis, which are still humble, even though they've grown. You know, fan it's, run cons. Fan it's run, just simple. It's absolutely th- it's simple. It's that. I mean, that was one of the things that that genuinely cheesed me off again and again about San Diego Comic Con is people pretending to be fans who aren't fans. They're being paid for the weekend. They don't know. You know, you ask them a question, and if it's not in the little booklet that they got when they got their uniform, they don't have a clue. It's anyhow. Sorry, I, I could go on all week about about the evils of San Diego Comic Con, but you know the thing about the thing about San Diego Comic Con is that it does get guests that nobody else gets. But the thing is, it's getting to the point where you won't be able to see them, even if you really want to. So, well, like you hey, said, you could an idea. There's you couldn't get to the panels that you wanted to get to. Forget about you, even seeing the guests. You couldn't even get to the panels. You can save yourself a buttload of money. Don't buy a hotel room. You're going to be sleeping online anyway. <laughs> Just, you know, spend your money on a decent sleeping bag and one of those uh, roll-up pads that go underneath it because you're not going to be in a hotel room and, you know, uh, you know, buy, buy access to somebody's shower or something because <laughs> you really should shower once in a while. But really, to, to see half of the things you want to see, you're not going to get any sleep. You're, 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 you're not going to see your hotel room. Um, you're going to be eating $9 hot dogs. You're going to be eating 
uh, just just absolutely crap food unless you pack it yourself. And even then, it's going to get squished when you get crammed through a hallway that was never meant to hold 50,000 people. So, um, yeah, it's it's <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you what, you know, I can't tell you what to do, kids. But, you know, my 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 recommendation recommendation to you would be save your pennies and go to galley or go to uh, go to um, Chicago TARDIS. If you're a Doctor Who fan, if you're a fan of some other show. Uh, find the convention that is based on that show and go to that because San Diego Comic-Con is a behemoth and it's a monster and it's only a matter of time before something really awful happens with that many people in that tight of space. Well, wasn't there an incident last year? Yeah, there was an incident in Hall H where a guy got his got stabbed. Okay, the word was he got stabbed in the eye. The thing was he got stabbed in the face near the eye, blood all over the place. They locked down Hall H. They locked down a bunch of other halls. I had people 20 feet away from the incident who were tweeting me saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, this guy got stabbed in the eye. Okay, it's not in the eye. Oh, my God, there's blood everywhere. Oh, my God, the security guards are not helping us. Oh, my God, it's fans holding the guy down. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Here comes the LAPD. Okay, they've locked down the hall. Okay, I'm like, just this constant stream. And I was waiting for the Mythbusters panel, and I had my iPad and people for four rows were leaning in to read the updates on my iPad going, what, 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 what happened, what happened, what happened? So this year I, I had, a, I had a, a set of goggles with flashers <laughs> on them. That was my Hall H eye protection. And nobody said buttkiss about it. Yeah, you could just say you're doing steampunk, that's all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did we ever find out what that uh, was about? Was there an incident? Was there, I mean, it, was it an accident or was there a fight? Or? It, was a, it was a fight between two guys. One guy who had been waiting there all day for his panel and another guy mm. who had uh, stepped on him or tripped over him or crunched into him. And I've heard three different reasons for why they actually interacted with one, one another the one that I'm believing is that they were throwing out Harry Potter T-shirts because mm -hmm. both of them had Harry Potter T-shirts and people were jumping and diving for them. And from what I heard, these two guys collided and then they started bad-mouthing each other. And I heard Nerdist making a hysterical joke about this. You walk around San Diego Comic-Con and you will see guys with bastard swords hung, slung over their backs. You will see batlefs. You will see nunchucks. You will see every kind of weapon imaginable. What weapon did this guy choose? A pen. Stabs the guy <laughs> in the face, blood everywhere, shut down the hall, and uh, eventually both of the guys were removed. And Harrison Ford, whose Cowboys and Aliens panel was up next, tried to make a joke about it, which absolutely fell flat. So I, that's I, from last year. Wow. Yeah. Well, I know that if you're a cosplayer and many, you know, when we say that, that's someone that's costumed and that's dressed up at the convention, uh, many costumes will also include a weapon, you know, and yeah. all weapons need to be checked by comic-con before they before you go there before you can get enter or whatever you're supposed to have the, your weapons checked to make sure it's not dangerous you can buy anything you want on the floor <laughs> i've seen i mean uh, unbelievable it's that now see uh, but they don't I'll check for pens 
Yeah, there you go. There you go. I mean, I don't want to get into get into a rant on on um, Comic Con security, which is probably the worst since Altamont. But these guys really no, they genuinely hate fans. They get off on screwing fans over. They get off on splitting lines. At one point, there, there almost was a riot this year, and I heard this from from some people who were in a line. That was another overnight line, and they split the line, and then they couldn't remember which group was to go in first. So, I mean, these people were just about to lose it, and I don't know how the hell they resolved it, but, I mean, people were saying, don't go near Ballroom 20. Don't go anywhere near Ballroom 20 because something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And I was like, I am so out of there. <laughs> so... Well, I'm, I'm guessing their security from the convention cent- uh, center itself. They're they're not. No, no, they they, they are a third party. Because uh, I've I've actually mm-hmm. tried to talk to some of these guys because I, I'm one of the people who, if I really 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 can't stand some some organization, I want to find out why 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 did these people push my buttons so badly, and the thing is, I've gotten around to talking to some of them, and. They are a third party hired. They primarily do large rock conventions. They don't like nerds. They think San Diego Comic-Con is almost a punishment gig. Uh, They genuinely get off on screwing people around. And they used to all be in one color uniform. They used to all be in red elite security costumes. And people made all sorts of jokes about the red shirts and how the red oh. shirts should die <laughs> and how they were waiting for the red shirts to die. And this year they had six different colors. So I seriously doubt that they hired different security guards. I think they just got different colored T-shirts because they there was not a noticeable change in the way the fans were handled this year from last year. It was just as brutal and just as senseless and just as obnoxious. Wow. Yeah. So don't go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can go, but know what to expect. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, don't don't expect to go to any panels. Uh, You know, I, and if it is your first convention, it's not a typical convention. You realize that it's it's a very different type of show. And the same thing goes with uh you know with the size of the show that New York Comic Con has become. It's it's just a massive show. And um and and I should also make a note that these two conventions, even though they're similarly named, they're not the same. No, they're not uh, affiliated yeah. in any way. So we just wanted to make that clear that they're two different conventions. Well, let me also say there's a uh, an Albuquerque Comic Con. And it's gone off twice now. And the first time, they made the mistake of having it at a hotel. And they expected 300 people and 3,000 showed up. And I'm amazed that the fire marshal didn't shut them down. And it was horrible. Yeah, you were out in the hallways, I remember. Oh, we were in a hallway crammed with a couple thousand people and you could not move. And I was just thinking, at any minute now, the fire alarm is going to go off or the sprinkler system is going to go off or, you know, somebody's going to scream and faint or there's going to be, you know, it was it was a madhouse. Well, this year 
they held it at the Albuquerque Convention Center, which is nice and bright and airy and huge. And it was wonderful. I mean, you could you could go wherever you wanted to. There weren't any huge crowds and crushes. There were some incredibly long lines. It was a ridiculously long line to get Stan Lee's autograph, which he completely deserves it, and I was all in favor of that. But, um, I mean, that's... That convention is now only going to get larger and larger and larger. And right now, it, it was great. I mean, people were there with their kids and walking around with strollers. And, yay, it was wonderful. Kids could run around and play. Kids cannot run around and play at San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> kids cannot run around and play at San Diego Comic-Con. They will get hurt. They will get stomped on. They will get run over. Um, it, you dress it, them it up is, as Ewoks. That's all. You didn't. You just. Have oh. <laughs> uh, I, I was I was continuously amazed at San Diego Comic Con. We would be crushed in this crush of people moving forward, and somebody would have a little teeny tiny baby clutched to their chest. I mean, oh, like my. like a kid that was under two months old, that, and I was just thinking, that's horrendous. If I'm gonna get, I know I'm gonna get con crud. I, this kid is just oh god! What are you thinking, bringing this baby into this mess? And yeah. oh well. No. So anyhow, good things about San Diego Comic Con: getting to see friends that you don't get to see all the time. I mean, Michelle and I had a great time. I got to talk to Bob a little bit. I got to talk to uh, a bunch of other people that I see at, at Galley. Uh, didn't get to really sit around and and. And, and chat with them like I do at Galley. There is no such thing as uh, LobbyCon. Lobby <laughs> There's no lobby. There, there's, yeah, there, well, there is a lobby, uh, but security comes around periodically and makes you move, which is just lovely. No, 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 you can't, you can't stand here. You can't, no, you can't, you can't sit here. No, sorry, you have to leave. Bye. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I heard that there were various LobbyCons held at various uh, hotel bars and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But again, because there were public places, anybody could show up and you couldn't reserve anything. So uh, all that sort of camaraderie it, was completely lost unless you were on somebody's private list. So. So, but getting back to the <laughs> the Doctor Who panel. So. Yeah, no. What was that? I mean, they showed. I'm assuming they you had seen the 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 two trailers that they showed. They showed a trailer for the second half of the 2011 series, the late summer fall. Are you still there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. You just suddenly clicked. Okay. Oh. Okay. So, getting back to the Doctor Who panel that you were in attendance of, uh, they showed two trailers there that (laughs) that I know of. They showed the. The second half of the 2011 series, the yes. the late summer fall series of Doctor Who, and yes. they showed one for uh, what was it the called? God Complex. The God Con- Complex. They somebody made a a sort of obnoxious comment about the fact that last year they had begged and pleaded with us not to tape the uh, things that were going to go up on the screen because you know this was a Comic Con exclusive. And this guy came out and sort of gleefully told us, okay, we're going to show you some Comic-Con exclusives, but uh, don't bother taping them because the moment we are showing them, they will be simultaneously released on YouTube. So, ha-ha, and ran them. And, you know, I didn't care. They were on the big screen. They were loud. 
and there's something about seeing it on on the big screen with 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 a couple thousand people all screaming their lungs out that you know it, it's like going to a rock concert that 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 is is a rush you can't get anywhere else when you've got you know six thousand people screaming hysterically to be seeing those those clips and they did they showed the uh the season trailer twice and then they showed the god complex one and it was a lot of fun and no there wasn't any booing and hissing about the hitler bits according you know the daily mail is saying you know oh there were a lot of american fans upset about the hitler being you know doctor who appearing to side with adolf hitler you know well, there was a lot of fans laughing their asses off because uh, Rory punches Hitler in the face. You know, didn't mention <laughs> that, did you? But uh, no, it, it they everybody well, was yelling and screaming and happy about it. And as soon as it was over, everybody got the hell out. So it was kind of weird because for David Tennant, everybody. <laughs> it was like a rock concert. Everybody was still applauding and cheering and screaming and hoping he would come back out. This everybody got up and got the hell out. So it was it was very strange. Well, we're going to ask Tara what Matt Smith and Tara and Karen Gillan had to say, along with other reactions to the trailer, in just a moment. This is Matt Smith, and you're listening to Doctor Who Podshock. I want to make a a mention about Audible. Audible is up is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. They provide over they have over eighty five thousand titles to choose from in every genre, covering thrillers, business, romance, comedy, and of course science fiction and fantasy. And Audible titles play on iPhones, Kindles, Androids, and over five hundred devices for your listening anytime, anywhere, just like this podcast. And for listeners of Dr. Who Pachak, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. And to download your free audiobook, simply go to audibletrial.com slash pachak. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash pachak. And what we try to do is give a recommendation of an audiobook that you might be interested in. And what we're doing today is giving you a sample of Eye of the Jungle, the Eye, Doctor Who, the Eye of the Jungle, which is written by Darren Jones, and it's narrated by David Troughton, who is the son of the legendary Patrick Troughton. It's a story that takes place in 1827 in the Amazon rainforest, and this is a little bit from it right here. Two things caught the Doctor's attention on stepping out of the TARDIS. First, the dense tropical vegetation meant this was neither Margate nor the 3000 AD World Jamboree, and second, for a jungle, it was deathly quiet. Amy and Rory bustled through the doors, giggling in delight like a pair of kids, each holding a half-eaten hot dog. You win, Doctor, said Rory. American hot dogs are the best. And the ones from the 1950s are the best of all, added Amy before she took in her surroundings and felt the tropical heat. Ooh, I'm guessing this isn't the biggest funfair on Earth. Where are we? South America, said the doctor confidently. From the plant species, I'd say deep within the Amazon rainforest. Amy and Rory craned their necks up and saw giant trees stretching high, almost blocking out the sun. 
patches of blue sky sneak through the thick canopy above. Something's wrong, said the doctor. Yeah, said Rory, the TARDIS missed again. The doctor put a finger to his lips. Listen. Rory shrugged. I can't hear anything. Exactly. No birds, no chirping insects, no animal noises at all. Very odd. The TARDIS probably scared everything away, said Amy, tugging at the doctor's coat sleeve. Come on, take us to the fun fair. I want to ride that anti-gravity roller coaster. The doctor took the sonic screwdriver from his jacket. Its high-pitched whir broke the quiet as he quickly scanned the area. Nothing unusual was registering. Just want to take a look around, he said, and disappeared into the undergrowth. Roller coasters can wait. Hang on, said Amy, darting after him. But immediately the jungle seemed to close in. Don't go running off, said Rory, catching up with her. It's too easy to get lost in here. They could not see the doctor anywhere and had already lost track of the direction he went. Around them, everything was a wall of green. Beautiful, claustrophobic, and just a little scary. Doctor! Amy called. No reply. Doctor, where are you? yelled Rory. Two huge leaves parted, and the doctor's head jutted out, stopping just inches from theirs. A what's-the-problem look on his face. Through here, he said, and vanished back into the jungle. Amy and Rory pushed their way through and joined the doctor in a clearing. Here, the foliage had been roughly hacked back to form a wide circle for an encampment. Four tents were pitched around the remains of a small fire. All were empty. One was askew at a crooked angle. The fire was now ash, and to one side a broken cooking pot, its broth contents spilled across the ground. A discarded musket lay nearby. Looks abandoned, said Amy as she cautiously peered into one of the tents. There was basic bedding for three, a couple of small crates, a leather case with some brass instruments and bound well, papers. That's a little Nothing sample more. of Doctor Who, The Eye of the Jungle, and that's David Troughton narrating. And, oh my God, he sounds so much like his father. I keep on hearing his father in his voice. Uh, have have either of you two... Uh, I know this is a relatively new title, so I'm not sure if you had a chance to, to, uh, to listen to this audiobook yet. No, I haven't. Actually, my Audible selection for this month was um, a new recording of Logan's Run. Oh. And uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't realize when I downloaded it, it's um, abridged. I usually try to go for unabridged. Oh. Mm-hmm. But it's the only way it comes. I, I wanted it unabridged, of course. I like, like the well, full of thing. Of course. Yeah. I mean, God, I hate it when they do that. I really do. Yeah. But that's but the only that's way it came. And I took it and I listened to it and I thought it was pretty cool. Well, you can make that your selection as well. You'd Not a Doctor Who title, but still a cool title. Again, <laughs> you can choose any that you like, and you can go to Audible Trial. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash podchock to get your free audiobook. And, uh, you know, you'll be getting yourself a free, even if you don't choose not to use the, the service, you still can keep the, your free selection. And um, you'll be helping us out and getting some cool listening stuff to, you know, take with you wherever you go. So now getting back to uh, San Diego Comic-Con and uh, 
the Doctor Who panel. So they showed the two trailers. What were the general reaction? You said uh, were positive, obviously. Very positive. Yeah. Very positive. I mean, people around us were, were, were very, very enthusiastic. And I didn't hear any negative comments. It, 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 was, it was very strange being in a room full of 6,000 strangers who were all interested in the same thing I was, but at the same time, there was this distance between us. You know, at Galley, there's this sort of, hey, welcome to Galley. Welcome to the family. Come on in. Here, have a drink. You know, and you get to be, you know, buds with everybody. And here it was just like, oh, so you're another Doctor Who fan, like the other 6,000 of us in the room. It, it, it was a very odd vibe. Did they reveal anything else? Did they say add anything to the... Oh no! To what you've seen on the on screen, or oh no, oh no. Other than not. other than Matt, of course, which has been widely quoted that this is going to be the darkest season yet, and uh, yeah, that there was there was a lot of that, a lot of foreshadowing about how oh yeah, it's going to be dark. So, <sighs> I, I um. <laughs> Did they open it up to any questions and answers? Yes, but unfortunately, the uh, questions weren't of any real weight. Yeah. They were, you know, uh, your typical sort of uh, fan uh, convention questions. Who's your favorite doctor? That type of stuff. Uh, what What really scares you most? Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, can we... Uh, although, you know, uh, a, um, <clears throat> I say Amy, um, Karen, Karen, Gillen. Karen, Karen did say that, that having Matt leap out of her trailer repeatedly at her is getting to be one of the scariest things on Doctor Who, as far as she's concerned, because apparently he does it all the time. So did they address the 2012 series? Uh, as far as, um, you know, we know that Stephen Moffat has um, st- said that there's going to be a full series, and there was some commotion earlier a few months ago that um, that there wasn't going to be a full series. W- was that addressed in any fashion? Nope. No. Nope. Okay. It was kept very light. It was kept very airy. It was not. Um, there was. Were, not- the question, were the questions screened at all? Or you could just walk up to the mic. Okay. Uh, the people who had lined up for questions lined up for questions at 9 o'clock in the morning when oh they my. let us in. Oh. So they stood up there for three hours. Yikes. I do not know if they were screened. I suspect that they were. I know that they were told repeatedly, do not make personal comments, do not make personal requests. And, uh, but, but I, I don't know other than that because Michelle wanted to go ask a question and I'm sure it would have been just a ripper, but they, uh, uh, she went to get up and I said, do you know where the line ends? And she said, line, and I showed her the line and she was just gobsmacked because this line, uh, stretched down the edge of one wall of people who had, Immediately come into the room and gone to the microphone line. So, so I don't know what they did when they asked Glee questions, and I don't know what they did when they asked uh, um, supernatural questions. I guess they just sort of stepped off to one side and said, "No, I'm in the other line." Um, it, it it was amazing, in a bad way. 
So, and this was Sunday, the Doctor Who panel. I think it was at three o'clock, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. It, by the way, the, the the code for that whole "don't ask anything" is once you get on that mic, you can ask whatever you want. Yeah. Honestly, I invite you to tackle me once I start talking. You know, like <laughs> really, come on, give me a break. It's a convention. It's it, it was it was a very very weird vibe, Ken. Let me tell you. I mean, there were there were. There were a number of people there who were obviously on day passes from somewhere. <laughs> and, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't even make that as a joke, but I, 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 I kid you not. I was going to be recording this for, for, for another uh, podcast, and I ended up having to give up in disgust because the guy across the aisle from me was obviously uh, – I don't know if he was autistic or had Tourette's or a combination of the two, but he kept jumping up and down and making inarticulate squealing and scream. And I I mean, I, I go to conventions, I get excited. I yell and scream when I, you know, but this was, was, I mean, I was just thinking, is this guy going to fall down on the floor in grand mall and, you know, start foaming, you know, it was really disconcerting. So, Ah, uh, I I don't know what to tell you. It was it was it was a weird, weird, weird vibe. It it made me very, very glad that I had driven two days to be in the Utah desert. Let me put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for a private convention. Yeah, Dragon uh, De- Desert Con, uh, two thousand ten. Mm. Uh, I think uh, if 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 we put on uh, Desert Con two thousand eleven, well, we can't do two thousand eleven. Too late. So if we do Desert Con 2012, you know, and only have maybe 20 attendees. I, I was just going to say guests. 20 people compared to uh, 120,000. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, um, did Stephen Moffat have anything to say? No. Nothing about uh, – no one asked him about a 50th anniversary special? I mean, give me a break. Oh, yeah. People asked. Oh. Uh, nothing. Not going to say anything. Not saying. Nothing. Nope. <laughs> I, I wonder if they're going to do, uh, instead of a special, maybe do similar to what they did for the 25th anniversary and make it like a whole season long thing. Who knows? It, like I keep saying, it, it was a very weird vibe. It was, it, it was a trade show. It was not a convention. It was a trade show. It was a dog and pony show. It was a let's trot out, some, let's trot out a couple of writers, trot out our two stars, and uh, trot out our uh, our two producers who are going away, and uh, show you some clips, and let you ask some questions, and that's it, folks, and shut it down. It it was very mm-hmm. surreal. I'm glad that Matt Smith did get out there. I know he was looking forward to going last year, and then it turned yeah. out that he couldn't because of work, yeah. but. It's. Um, I'm glad he he was able to get out, you know, to make it this year for himself and obviously for the fans. The man's a party wherever he goes. You know, <laughs> if he can get away from his handlers, uh, apparently uh, he had a fabulous time at the Nerdist podcast. He had a fantastic time at several parties he attended. He had a fantastic time running around. I always wonder how many guests are in full costume because I know that that Adam Savage makes it a contest. Adam Savage from Mythbusters yeah. makes it a contest every year because he goes down on the floor at least once, if not twice, in full costume and challenges 
people, people to find him yeah. with a there will be a prize if you find him. And he always goes out in full costume, and his costumes are always amazing. And there are so many amazing costumes on the floor. So I always wonder, you know, I have heard rumors that uh, um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. has been on, on floor in costume. I have heard rumors that Mark Hamill has been on floor in costume. Uh, I have personally seen Joss Whedon out of costume on the floor and just walked past him and gone, Jesus Christ, it was Joss Whedon. <laughs> and by that, you know, but, but the crush of the crowd, he's gone. Yeah. So so you can pass these people, you know, that you think are just cosplaying and, and they could yeah. be your favorite, you know, actor or actress from whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I knew about um, Adam Savage, who uh, he always, as you said, he'll, he'll don and, you know, he'll dress up in something where he, obviously he's not recognized, you know. Yeah. So you just don't know you don't know who you, you might be thinking oh well look at this weirdo in a um whatever costume and, and that weirdo's your beloved whoever <laughs> yeah i mean i did see several people who had on now i thought this was 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 kind of lame who had on basically a mask you know like like a like a harlequin type mask mm-hmm. and then had a phalanx of security with them and they were moving quick across the floor and I was just thinking, you know, how lame is that? I didn't recognize any of these people, but I'm sure somebody, to somebody, they were somebody. But they weren't yeah. anybody to mm-hmm. me. But I was just thinking, that's kind of lame. You know, if you're going to wear a mask, wear a full mask, and nobody will know who the hell you are. Um, last year, Adam Savage wore one of the best Hellboy costumes I have ever seen. I mean, it was mm-hmm. drop-dead gorgeous. And he was running around on the floor hours and he got caught by one guy who didn't accept the prize <clears throat> because he went into a booth to buy a toy for one of his kids and pulled out a credit card. <laughs> not thinking. Yeah. Not thinking. You know, any saint, you know, what if he just paid cash, he would have been golden. Mm. But he pulls out his credit card, hands Cover it to blown. the guy. The guy <laughs> looks at the card, looks him in the face and goes, are you shitting me? And Adam went, Oh, yes. Uh, um, I can show you some ID. And the guy said, no, it's okay. And so it. Uh, apparently this year he went as uh, No Face from Spirited Away. Uh, Hayao Mazaki's uh, Spirited Away, No Face, is this huge stooped over black ghost with a big white face. And No Face hands out gold coins. Now, these gold coins are cursed. And so Adam Savage, as No Face, is trying to hand out gold coins. And he was really happy because a lot of people refused to take the coins from him. (laughs) (laughs) So, and it was very funny watching so many people in the audience freak out because they had seen him and not known it was him. So that happens every year. And I, I have yet to see him in costume. I, I have actively searched for him on at least three years, and I've never once seen him in costume. That's how big that main floor is. It makes you it, wonder if Matt Smith and Karen Gillan, you know, dressed up, you know, in their respective costumes and just walked the floor, if, if people, you know, if they would be recognized as such or they would just be dismissed as, you know, fans dressed up as um. <laughs> That's a really, really good question because there were so many 10 and 11th doctors running around. If one more would have been noticed, I don't know. 
I honestly don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure that that some people would have recognized them, but they're in, when you're in a crowd that that's that crush, yeah, and it's moving so fast in so many different directions. I mean, even if you do see a celebrity, they're gone. Mm-hmm. You, um, I, I I think I told you all last year that um, um, oh John Barrowman was desperate to get a picture of this 500 trooper. And he, apparently the year before when he'd been signing photograph, so signing autographs, he had seen this guy dressed up as a 500 trooper and had tried to get him. And the crowd had just swept him away and he couldn't get to him. So he, the next year, which was last year, he had given instructions to his security team. When I tell you, you are going to stop traffic and we're going to get this guy or I'm going to leave. And his security was like, we're with you, John. We're with you. We're with you. And I saw the whole thing and it was the funniest damn thing because John's there signing autographs. He's having a great time. Da, 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 da. <gasps> Jumper! And he jumps up and all the security guys jump up and they all go out in this flanks and they surround this guy. And this guy was like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And John was like, nothing, nothing. I just want to get your picture. This is a great costume. Oh my God. And I mean, John was having this 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 nerdgasm on the spot, <laughs> and they took the guy back to the booth, and John's taking pictures of him, and the guy's just like, "Well, thank you," because he didn't really know who John was, and John is like taking inappropriate photos and just just going crazy, and they finally let the guy go, and I caught up with him later, and I said, "Did you know who that was?" And the guy said, "I kind of know he's from Torchwood," and I said. I hate to tell you this, man, but th- those photos are going to be like over all over every gay site in the UK in like a minute and a half. <laughs> and he was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So <laughs> this was the guy that was in, in that like Roman outfit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So n- now that leads to me to my next question, which is yeah. Torchwood. Now, yeah. Torchwood Miracle Day is yeah. it currently being shown on Stars and on BBC, and we're in the middle of a new series. And last year we were sort of in a hiatus where it was in between, you know, that Children of Earth was the last series, which was in 2009. And so there, there was – and it was also just a BBC production. Now that is being produced in the U.S. and it's on Stars, and it's in the middle of a new series – was there – did you see a increased amount of Torchwood fans? Were there more cosplayers no. there or – Nope. Same that's, number. Really? Okay. Really. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. It was not any larger or any smaller. It, I mean there, there was a definite Torchwood presence there and a lot of them are, are the same people that I know from uh, Galley. Uh, there were a few new people. But I'd have to say it was not an appreciatively larger or more vocal group than was there the year before. Was Stars themselves there? Was were there there? I know there was a tortured panel. Was was uh, the company Stars there there to promote it? I think they were, but if they were, I didn't have any direct interaction with them. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, they, they I didn't have any a, like a big display or anything like that. If they or... did, I missed it because yeah. it was, I mean, I was hitting the BBC booth fairly regularly because I was meeting up with people there and I was hoping against hope that some of the people, uh, Piers Winger was there and was not signing autographs, period. Sorry, sorry, not signing autographs. And mm-hmm. I was just hoping against hope that at some point he would show up at the booth and I might be able to get his autograph. No way. There were a couple of other, Let's see here now. Um, 
Beth. Oh, her last name escapes me. Um, uh, Beth Willis. Yes, Beth Willis was there again, not signing autographs. So I, I was hoping against hope maybe she'd show up at the booth. Um, we no should way. make a note that both of these executive producers have announced that they're moving on. Uh, Beth Willis exactly. is, is and both of them most were contra- contractually obligated to be at San Diego Comic Con, or they would not have been there. Hmm. That was the word I was given. And so that's why they were not signing autographs. But they were at the BBC America booth. The booth. Thank you very much. So it. So what were they doing it, at the booth it, then? It was just, a little kind were of they off-putting. Answering questions? So, what were they doing last at the bo- year they had had signings in the booth. And there were no signings in the booth this year. They did actively grab people walking by or coming through the booth who were costumed interestingly. And take their picture and put it up on their website, which I thought was was rather nice of them, uh, considering I was one of the people that one of the guys who's been working that booth forever was handing out tattoo sleeves. I don't know if you guys have I know you guys have seen these tattoo sleeves. It's a piece of sheer fabric like a like a lady's nylon sock, and it's got printed on it uh, tattoos. Mm hmm. So when you put it on, it looks as though your arm has been tattooed. So a, a new form of temporary tattoo that you can just cool. put yeah. on and take well, off. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I've seen a lot of kids wearing them, and I've seen a lot of different designs on these, on these sleeves. <clears throat> and literally, it, it is a sleeve. You just pull it on, and the better the sleeve is, the more like tattoos it is. And they were handing out a Doctor Who version. And they were going pretty fast. And so I waited in there and they had already given out their allotted number. And I said, are you sure I can't have one? And I skinned up the shirt on my other arm with the real (laughs) tattoo. And like four people in the booth lost it. And then everybody started taking pictures. Flash, 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 flash. And one of the guys from behind the booth came out and said, you were that gal in Utah. I said, that was me. That was me. I said, are you sure I can't have one of the sleeves? And they said, yes, you can have a sleeve. So they gave me a sleeve and they took my picture. So, uh, But they were grabbing people out of the crowd and and taking their pictures and putting it up on their website, which I thought was very nice. Mm. They had their own TARDIS, which um, was kind of crap <laughs> well compared to yours i'm sure I'm sorry I'm so- it was the right color it was the right color it was the the right signage the right uh um the right portions but when you got right up close to it and looked at it it really looked like somebody had thrown it together the night, the night before. before yeah well it, it had no polish to it at all it had a lot of sharp edges on it i i wouldn't want to move that tardis to tell you the truth it looked kind of dangerous cuz it really was sharp edged mm-hmm. and it was uh they were playing this game where you went around and you got I have to pull it up on my iphone right now so i can tell you exactly what it is those qr co- codes oh yeah those the, those um the graphics that you scan in with your phone right mm-hmm. right so there were i think 12 altogether, seven on the floor, and the others were on, in other locations. One of them was at the Nerdist podcast. And so they put the TARDIS up um, in a booth. Oh, okay, so the main floor of the what would be called the dealer's room, the main convention floor, is about the size of three football fields. So the TARDIS was put up about a football field away from the BBC booth. 
So you come around the corner and there's the TARDIS. Oh, cool. So you run up, you look at the TARDIS, and there's one of these little uh, codes which you photograph with your camera and mm-hmm. text it in in the hopes that you want a prize. And so they would have these these little posters up just here, there, and everywhere. So, but, I mean, it was a TARDIS. So there was a TARDIS there, and it was really entertaining the number of stars who went and got their pictures taken. There's some very funny pictures of Mark Shepard screwing around with the TARDIS and uh, several of the stars from Supernatural screwing around with the TARDIS. So, and as far as, you know, looking at it from a distance, yeah, it's a gorgeous TARDIS, but the closer you got to it, the the more you noticed, damn, this has just been slammed together with really crap wood. We'll have and to tell them where to find a real TARDIS. We we know I'm some offered. people. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> it's really frustrating. I have, I, I have contacted the BBC and said, listen, I have a TARDIS and I have passes. It's not like I'm asking for passes to San Diego Comic-Con. I have my own damn passes. I will lug this thing across two states, set it up, maintain it for you, break it down, take it away. You don't have to do a damnable thing except give me a pass, a temporary parking pass so I can unload it into the building. And I've gotten no thank you. Zilch. Mm. Yeah, I know you've, you've been... Well, um, you'd be welcome with open arms to Icon if you bring your TARDIS. Oh, well, this year at Gallifrey, I get... The, the TARDIS gets her own room. We have our <laughs> very own room. It is not a pass-through room. It is a TARDIS fan room. Well, and she is the doctor's wife, you know. There you go. She's finally getting the dude that she deserves. But that way, I, I think we finally got enough complaints from people who were trying to use the pass-through room as a pass-through room, and people wanted to get their pictures taken. And I think the fire marshal, I think, finally decided it. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that we have our own room so you can come in and get your pictures taken and I won't yell at you unless you start hanging off the doors or doing something something inappropriate or being too loud. So Yes, Tara very generously lets <laughs> people at Gallifrey go and pose with or around her TARDIS and basically just just asks that you be respectful around the TARDIS. So so you know, it's a, it's a pretty common courtesy. Most it, I, people, I'm sure it's surprising how many people do goofy stuff around it. Most people are are properly respectful. You know, they go, "Oh my God, you mean I really? I can open the door? I can go in? Really? I can? I can get my picture taken with it? I can be standing in it and get my picture taken? Really? Yeah, fine, that's fine. But every once in a while, you'll get some damn fool who gets a hold of that police box door and just tries to see if they can pull it off and take it home as a souvenir. And I just huh. go, "Are you?" Are you off your meds? No. Let's let go of that. No, you can't have that. You know, every once in a while you get somebody come in and kick it? What are you thinking? Yeah. Sometimes they they have this mentality that it's, you know, well, I hate to say, you know, a trade show mentality, you know, where they don't realize that, you know, ordinary people and just like themselves, other fans have built this and with pride and passion and love and it's something to be treasured. Yeah. Well, I mean, it isn't It isn't really obvious to a lot of people that, that it is a fan-built TARDIS. They just think that it's part of Gallifrey 1, and it is part of Gallifrey 1, but at the same time, it's not part of Gallifrey 1. So mm-hmm. we're sort of in a no-man's land. But um, I'm always happy when people come in, you know, and are properly respectful and have a good time. I'm all in favor of people having a good time. I've had five Captain Jacks, each of them hanging from a, a wall... You know, 
pretending to be out in the vortex. I laughed so hard at that. I have had people come <laughs> in and kiss the TARDIS. I have had people come in and hug the TARDIS. I have had people come in and dust the TARDIS and, you know, ask if there's anything they can do for the TARDIS. Wonderful, wonderful people. Thank you so very much. And they they more than make up for the one or two people on the on the day pass who really need to be locked up. <laughs> so it would be a, a real pleasure if that TARDIS was at one of these um, shows, and especially if it's at ICOM, because we'll get to see you. <laughs> <laughs> I, if only we could, you know, if, if the economy would just improve and mm, people would start cloning money, because there's, there's a guy in, in uh, New York State who wants to open a Dragon's Lair, and we'd love to open it, but... Nobody's loaning money, man. That's there's four different Doctor Who, I mean, four, Doctor Who. There's four different Dragon's Lair franchises that want to open. Nobody can get a loan. The government's, you know, the 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 banks have been bailed out, but that money ain't trickling. So if if <laughs> if we just had a little bit of extra, I mean, we almost didn't go to uh, San Diego Comic Con this year. And uh, I'd say there's pretty good odds that we won't go next year. Mm. Uh, just because most of the business that David did there, he can now do over the phone or over Skype. And uh, so many people can't attend because of the money's being so tight. And it's getting pretty darn tight for us, too. So I'd, if it were up to me, man, I'd, I'd be to Icon like a shot. Um, I would, yeah. I would already, you know, have said, no, we yeah, understand. Oh, absolutely, I, I'm coming. It, but you're, you're singing to I, the. I got people right now begging, saying, "You coming? You coming to Chicago, Terry? You coming to Chicago?" Guys, I can't. I can't afford it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, we'll uh, the the invitation stands, of course, and we'll Ugh. reevaluate really reevaluate your situation when we get a little closer. But yep, and, um, I'm I'm perfectly game. It's just so you'll be in a, the TARDIS will be in a New York state of mind. <laughs> it's visited here a few times already. You know, <laughs> you know, that's the thing is I if, if it were up to me and I had a, a hearty crew of of friends who could help me just pick it up and move it and put it up anywhere. We have slave labor for that. I know that's that's why it would be so great <laughs> to take it to New York. I've, we we put the minions about, to work. They're talking about. Already, Fright Night has not even come out yet, and they're already talking about filming Fright Night 2. Apparently, David Tennant signed a contract that if Fright Night makes X amount of money, he would do the sequel. Mm. And so people in New Mexico are going, you mean David Tennant would be coming back to New Mexico? You mean all those great pictures and all those people, you know, all those reports from Tardis Tara? You mean we'd, we'd get another chance? And I was saying, okay, boys and girls, if this happens... <laughs> we're going to have a TARDIS mobilization force, okay? And we're going to be ready, like, at a moment's notice to grab the TARDIS and go set it up somewhere. And then we're all going to go hide in the bushes and laugh like idiots when, when David Tennant pulls over to go see it, okay? So that's how we're going to run this. That's cool. So we'll see if that actually comes off, but that, that, would, be, that would be too damn cool. Well, we do thank you, Tara, for coming on <laughs> and um, giving some insight about... San Diego Comic Con. Obviously, it's something oh. that uh, I can't afford to go. I would love to make it there at one time, but um, not not any time in the near future. So, 
Uh, Go as a stormtrooper. I highly recommend wearing armor. Well, I actually I can probably get a stormtrooper helmet now from a gentleman in the UK that have been that, yeah that yeah, has now, originally now, produced it for the original film. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Yeah, I read that this morning. Was laughing. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I highly recommend Armor at, at San Diego Comic-Con as somebody with bruises all up and down her legs. <laughs> um, and and it, it, it's, it's a weird show in that bits of it are freezing and bits of it are roasting. So uh, wear white armor and preferably plastic. So uh, – and be prepared to run. So uh, <laughs> those, are, those are my uh, tips for surviving uh, a San Diego Comic-Con. Don't bother with the hotel room because you'll be sleeping on lines and prepare yeah, to. Yeah. There you go. So don't, you know, when you hear about those exorbitant prices for hotels at San Diego Comic-Con, just laugh because you won't be using them. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, disappointed that you weren't able to get into the tortured panel and, you know, or the TV oh. guide one. It's just a, it's a shame that it's come to this. They need a larger facility or something that can accommodate more people, I no, guess. No, it's not so much that it's a larger facility they need. It's it's the simple fact that they don't clear the auditorium between mm-hmm. panels. Mm-hmm. And if you want to see something, you're not going to get to I mean, I was in line for the Mythbusters panel, and uh, there was a panel for... Um, Oh, jeez. There was some big anime thing. And half the line that was in line with me uh, was there for this anime thing. And the moment they came and told them, sorry, that panel is now closed, the line thinned out amazingly. And I got like... 150, 200 spaces forward in the line, and then all these people behind me bugged out. And somebody came up to me and said, why are you still in this line? And I said, I'm here for Mythbusters. And they said, Mythbusters isn't going to be on for like four or five hours. I said, I know. If I'm not in the line now, I'm not going to get in. And they turned away a couple of thousand people. So, and I know there were people in line who definitely wanted to see Nikita, which is not something I wanted to see. Uh, I did see two shows that, um, well, one of which I think might be really interesting uh, called, um, oh, let's see, it was, uh, <laughs> now it's gone completely out of my head. Uh, let's Person of Interest. Mm-hmm. Person of Interest is a new J.J. Abrams uh, vehicle. That actually looks interesting. I don't know what network it's going to be on, probably Fox. But apparently he wrote this pilot um, several years ago. And when he wrote it, it was considered to be science fiction-y. And (coughs) (coughs) And not terribly interesting to the uh, networks. However, as they stated uh, very clearly in the panel, since 9-11, the profligation of cameras, uh, surveillance uh, equipment in the United States has boomed to the point that it makes the surveillance systems in the UK look almost amateurish. They did a recent count of the number of uh, cameras in Times Square alone, and they came back with an inconclusive number because uh, they couldn't count that high. (laughs) 
So anyhow, the whole premise behind this show is uh, what if somebody had access to all of those cameras? What if somebody could use that data network to gather information on somebody and track them and use that, that information for good? Mm-hmm. And so it was a real. It was an interesting pilot, and I, I might actually watch that show. I know I'm going to recommend it to my parents who like a good. This was sort of an anti-hero police procedural. Mm-hmm. So that one was actually interesting. Then there was another one that was was something that that I wouldn't watch on a dare, which was uh, some new teen witch circle thing witches are hot this year apparently witches are the the new zombies they're the new zombies you're gonna have witches on 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 uh real on true blood you're gonna have witches on on everything and uh so this is a new witch television show and it's uh the something the secret circle that was it and it was all uh 20 something gorgeous people uh, living in a gorgeous community with evil, and I really, 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 really didn't care for it. Mm-hmm. So, but I know there's going to be an awful lot of people who are going to be just absolutely gaga over it. But I'm not one of them, and I had to sit through it. And I'm sure there were people outside who would have given their eye teeth to have been in there to see it. Sorry. Well, speaking of, of television series, as I yes. mentioned earlier in the show, that Tortured Miracle Day is now in full swing as a new series and we're doing live reviews on Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi every Sunday if you'd like to join us it's on TalkShoe just like the Dr. Hupachak live review episode so it's every Sunday 4pm and we just recently reviewed Rendition which is episode 2 of Torchwood Miracle Day and you can find these live reviews on the feeds for Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi and also I usually post a link on our site pachak.net so if you're not listening and you're interested in hearing our reviews, check out Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. And I should also make a note that for Dr. Pachak, while we were in the middle of reviewing the new series, which was now which is now no longer new, it's the, the spring series of new episodes that were came, that came out this year, we had suffered the loss of tragic unexpected loss of Elizabeth Sladen. And, and uh, at that time, Colin, who's a a contributor and, and a um, Dr. Hupachak, um you know, a contributor who's who's sort of been at large for the last few years, but he used to be fairly active, had contacted me about doing a tribute a to Elizabeth Slade in a celebration episode. So we're doing a call-out. We've already gotten a few feedbacks from people, at, you know, back in April when we lost Elizabeth Slade and sending in there experiences and memories and what they you know both what elizabeth sladen and her character meant to them so if you have that you can send it to us you can send feedback to us and we have if you go to our website net, you'll see a tab there for feedback and you could record something and send it to us or you can use the pachak public call box and the number for the 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 pachak public call box is 2068 I'm sorry. It's 206-984-3543. Once again, that's 206-984-3543. Or you could just go to pachak.net and click on the feedback tab, and that will give you the number and other ways to uh, send us an audio message, and we can have it on our show. And the deadline is uh, the 10th, so 
we want to record sometime after that and before August 27th, because August 27th, the new series comes out and we kind of will we'll resume our live review shows of that, which means we'll have to juggle between, because they're overlapping, Torchwood Miracle Day and the new series of Doctor Who uh, episodes will be overlapping. So we have to uh, kind of juggle our live shows. We'll work that Suddenly out. Suddenly an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I thought it was going to work out nicely because I thought we would have a, you know, a September comeback of of Doctor Who and maybe just did. just as Torchwood was ending, we figured Doctor Who would be beginning it would be a nice leaf, you know, a nice yeah. fit there. A nice little bookmark, you know. Yeah. Okay, so we're all we've all been watching Torchwood and we're all wild up for Torchwood and oh my god, there's a Torchwood hanging. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, but we've got some Doctor Who to watch. Okay. But no, no, we're all going to be crazed. <laughs> <laughs> Double booked. Yeah. So since um, both our live shows are scheduled at four p.m. on Sundays, so we'll, we'll have to work that out. Yep. But keep an eye on Podshock.net. We'll have information there as um, it's it's a month away. But we you can move the Torchwood ones up to Saturday, being that they air on Friday. Yeah, it's a possibility that that's what we're what that's what we'll do. So um, keep keep the Doctor Who one the same. You know the the Sunday tradition. Mm. Mm. So we'll have information on arttrap.com and podshock.net, so keep your eyes on those sites, and um, and you'll be up to date. And I'll give you a teaser for an upcoming podshock is um, when Fraser Hines was in town to record his uh, – to, to perform his one-man show just off-Broadway. <laughs> we sat down <laughs> for an extended one-on-one interview, so uh, I, I sat down with Fraser um, for a, a nice – long comfortable interview so that's uh that's on deck yeah i don't know we invited him on the show he got on cricket today what about yes he did he was he was was ripping him up at cricket today i heard on twitter oh yeah he's a uh, um quite a formidable cricket player yep personally i'd love to talk horses with the man but i haven't haven't ever gotten more than five minutes with him (laughs) at some point i I intend to talk horses with him so has he been inside the tardis terror your TARDIS. Yes. Yeah. He, he, he was in the TARDIS. The, the time he was in the TARDIS, we were in the middle of tearing it down. And he came down, he had a drink in one hand, and he said, I, I've been sent to sign the TARDIS. And we said, <laughs> well, it's kind of in pieces. And he said, I'll sign anything. So he walked up and signed one of the bits. And <laughs> but I, I don't think he's been in it when it's been all in one piece. So. All right, that'll be the mission for... The mission, next galley, yeah. Well, the mission to galley is, is is to get Paul McGann in there. So that's that's my. Oh, that'll be easy. That's my overwhelming because we've got Colin's signature there, and I so desperately wanted to get Peter to sign it, but it was far more far more important for me to get Peter to tear that scarf up. <laughs> so I, I was happy I got the scarf torn up, but uh, really, really, really want to get get Paul to sign the TARDIS. So. <sighs> Yeah. Well, Every, everybody's got different missions again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this show. <clears throat> okay, guys. I, I guess. Um, any other final thoughts about Comic Con? Comic Con was a fantastic convention about ten years ago. <laughs> 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 Even about five years ago, it was still a great show. It has gotten to the point where it is now getting to be dangerous. And uh, personally, I, if I go next year, 
It will not be to see any of the panels. It will be just to socialize with, with people that I know there and to attend some off-site parties. It is getting to the point where it is not a convention for fans. So yeah, it's a shame. take that as a warning. All right. Well, until next time, thanks for listening to Dr. Who Podshock, and thank you, Tara. Uh, Tara, you can, be, you can also hear Tara on the... <laughs> Uh, actually, it's um, the Dirty Patrol. No, it's uh, yep, yep, uh, on 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 the Tootsie Fruitsie Patrol. <laughs> Tara is one of the hosts of the Happiness Patrol, a fantastic podcast, <gasps> but for adult listeners. Yes, please. For adult uh, ears. I don't want to. I don't want to hear about your kids hearing something on that show that that mm. you, know, you were trying to protect them from until they were at least twenty-one. So, uh, thank you, uh, by the way, for letting me curse when I was on there. Oh hell! Anybody can come curse on the happiness. So, <laughs> you know, it's you almost have to curse. I mean, right. D- Daphne Ashbrook. Oh my god! Oh my god! We we should we should put out all the outtakes from, from Daphne Ashbrook. Just 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 a potty mouth. Horrible. A woman so, after my own heart. So that's the the happiness <laughs> patrol. Love you, Daph. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so until then, until our next show, cheers, everyone. Cheers! You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshop, presented by the fan-run GallifreyandEmbassy.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and is presented to you by the Gallifrey Embassy and has been made possible in part by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode is also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app for iOS devices, now in the iTunes App Store. How about a little trip in a TARDIS? I'm just off. <laughs>